title of my message <laughs> is called uh, Characteristics of uh, Being a Part of the Family of God. And one of my favorite things about Jesus is that he always wanted a family. He always wanted a family from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. It came from this heart of wanting a family. <laughs> and all of you single girls and guys out there are like, I know, I want a family so bad. <laughs> Give me my wife. But it's such a longing. It's a, it's a pure longing. It's, it's a part of your DNA as a child of God to want to be a part of a family. Um, so Adam and Eve... You see that in the family. You see his only son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So you see the father. You see him saying that over us. So we're his children. And then you got him as the father of the bride. We are the bride just as much as we're the sons of God. We're the bride. So you have the father of the bride. So you just get this family dynamic. And we're going into these, these times where everything is shaking, right? There's... Um, crazy economic crisis. There's just crazy stuff happening in our own personal lives, our own families. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to family. It's going to come down to loving each other, being kind to one another, saying, saying I love you even though you're irritating the heck out of me. <laughs> Choosing love above it all. It's going to come down to that. Like, everything else is going to be shaken and stolen from us. Our, you know, our health will go. Our, you know, our uh, homes will go. Our cute clothes will go. And, and I get to choose in that place to choose love. And I get to choose to see my brother or my sister in Christ for who they really are. And it's going to be awesome because we're going to, be a family. Like Isaac. Y'all ever get a hug from Isaac and just feel the love of God? I do all the time. <laughs> so, okay, everyone open up your Bibles to John 14. <clears throat> John 14. I guess I should open up. <laughs> it's kind of on my notes, but you gotta, gotta open up in the word. John 14. Let's start with, I think it's one. Yeah. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So here's Jesus. Again, he, this is right after the, um, uh, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, right at the, like, the dinner last supper, right? All right? On my sequence? Anyways, he's about to go take the cross, okay? So it's kind of an emotional time, and he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. He's saying, I'm the Father. And that's the thing that he puts out there so that their hearts don't get filled with fear. Um, but so many of us, excuse me, thank you. you got I got, thank you, I got it. You got it. We got it. Teamwork makes the dream work. Okay, so so many of us grew up with a father that was 
maybe, maybe, but these are some things that might have happened. Angry all the time. They, the father never showed up, never kept his promises. All he did was cause trouble to your heart. And he maybe he was always distant. And so think of these 12 disciples that were like a ragtag group. And Jesus is saying, no, I, I, I'm showing you the father. And he's about to take the cross. So he's saying, like, I'm about to leave. So there's confusing messages. Are you staying with me or are you leaving or what's going on? I would just feel like the distress. And so Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And we know this Thomas as doubting Thomas, which is totally wrong. I feel like Thomas was like the desiring Thomas. He was like the wanting Thomas. He just wanted to, to know more of the truth. He just, just tell me, just show me your hands so I can feel the holes. Like, I want to know more. He wasn't, it wasn't doubt. It was actually longing to know the, more of his truth. And so, so Thomas was like, I'm confused. How do we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So again, so he's, just, he's setting it up because he's about to take the cross and he's about to die, take all of our sin, bury death in its grave, and resurrect so that forever and ever we have complete access to the Father all the time. And then I'm going to skip ahead. I don't know why my mic was like going over here, <laughs> like chewing it like a carrot. <laughs> Um, where was I? Okay, so the Father. So Jesus gave us access to the Father. And so you're, you pretend like you're one of the disciples, right? You're like Thomas. You're like, what the heck? You're leaving, you're staying, you're going. Like, what? You're the way, the truth, the life. Like, I mean, these are foreign concepts to these people. Like, what is going on? And then he goes, oh, it's to your advantage that I go. And this is my favorite part, because it really is, because Jesus doesn't lie, right? <laughs> so when he says it's to your advantage, it's to your advantage, right? So he says, because I'll get to send my spirit. Because when Jesus was on earth, he was just one man. He could have a conversation with, conversation with Tracy one day, and the next day with Philip, you know? But with his spirit... Every day, we're having conversations with the Father. <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, we have the indwelling Father inside of us. So we get to have coffee with Papa every single day. Every single day. That is such good news. So he's not the abandoning Father that says, I'm, I'm, I'm going away and I'll be back when you clean yourself up. He's like, no, 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 I'm actually going to come and put myself inside you because I love you so stinking much. And I just have to be so, 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 so very close to you. You're so, so very cool. Gosh, everyone say, I'm really cool. Say it one more time, I'm really cool. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so good. So he did that. So there's this whole father like he wanted to make himself present and I love that because honestly my my dad wasn't present all the time and I have come to a place where I love my dad so much and but just he didn't have he didn't know how to love me the way that I needed love and but the father he made himself present so I don't have to hold bitterness I don't have to hold anger and 
I can love like my father loves. Like now, I, I don't have an excuse to be like, well, I didn't have a good father like you. No, we all have good daddies. We all have a good father. So there's, there's like, and here's the thing the Lord was telling me. Okay, some things I got during worship. He said, get rid of the Burger King crown. Y'all, y'all know the Burger King crowns? The, the paper ones? The ones that you get with your kids' meal? He's like, get rid of those. Those aren't real. Those are cheesy. He's like, you, I'm giving you a real crown. Stop with the, you know, it's like for real. So everyone put on their real crown. <sighs> it's so true, guys. I was like, we're sons and daughters. I kept thinking of Lucy Pevensey from Narnia. And seriously, like, I, I just the Lion of Judah right here. <laughs> so true. So he said, get rid of the Burger King crowns. Put on the real crowns. Every day. Every day. So he wants a family. He made the Father present to us all the time, every day. And now we get to be children of the Father and children with character. So what's, what's, I'm, I picked a few things that show us as children of God. Because here, is, I wrote this. I said, not only are we children of God, but we reveal the Father. Because I'm from him. He says that we're no longer born from man or from man's, you know, stuff. What, first, or John, John 1. It's in John 1. But we're born of God. The old has passed away. The new has come. I am now a child of God. I am in his family. Okay? So I carry his nature. I'm his girl. I look like him. I talk like him. I smell like him. In a good way. <laughs> I can say something out there, but it's okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, anyways, I work out a lot. It's just get smelly sometimes. <laughs> Welcome to family. Okay, so um, his nature. Y'all can laugh. Lighten up. Um, okay, one of the things that we get to do as children of God is shine. And I was thinking about that song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. That's bad theology. Because <laughs> we're actually burning ones. We're not, we don't really have little lights. We're like flaming fireballs. So this little flaming fireball, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> Maybe that's the revised version of that song, okay? Like this, Lila. Like our light is not this small. Uh, it, it isn't. Like it's like humongous. We are shining ones. Okay, so that's the one characteristic of being a child of God. Second characteristic, joy, joy, <laughs> yes. I put down, Jesus is the most fun, most happy, most joy joyful person you will ever know. <laughs> Jesus is the most fun, most joyful, most happy person you'll ever know. One more time. Jesus is the most fun, most joyful, most happy person you'll ever know. And if we're like our father, if we're like our father, come on guys, we'll be full of joy. John the Baptist said, my joy is full because I hear the voice of my bridegroom. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
my joy is full because they hear the voice of my bridegroom. Well, let's just release bridegroom and just put father. My joy is full because I hear the voice of my father. When you hear from a father figure in your life, I'm proud of you. Doesn't that just mess you up? I, like someone needs to call me every day and just say, Sasha, I'm proud of you. I'll just like tears every day. What, I have to give a short story. Um, I met Chuck, uh, actually, two years ago today was our first date, November 7th. <laughs> Woo-woo! And uh, anyways, we got married the following June, so June, uh, I don't know, help me out people, I don't know, June 2012, right, Marcy? Okay, sure. <laughs> and um, what was I saying? Okay, and shortly after, I got pregnant, um, three months in, and we always wanted kids, so we, you know, we were like, yes, happy. Um, but my side of the, my father's side of the family is like, you have to have like a four-bedroom house, you need to have two cars, you need to have 50 grand plus, like, which we didn't have any of that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't fit any of that criteria. So telling my dad that I was pregnant was not a happy occasion. Which really is horrible, right? Like, you have this baby inside of you, you want to tell your dad how excited you are, and you, you have this fear. And so I came to church uh, that Sunday, shortly after I found out I was pregnant, and John, Tracy's wife, uh, he found out that I was... Uh, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Pardon. John, Tracy's wonderful husband, he comes up to me. He comes up to me. He's always been a father to me. And he comes up to me, he goes, the first thing out of his mouth is, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And John, like, is a, is a crazy, awesome businessman, and he's wonderful, and it's just, and, and then he just, I'm so proud of you. Like, he could have totally been like, you know, you really don't get out it together. You really should just hold it in there as much as you possible, you know, but he didn't, he didn't, he did the total opposite of the world, he said, I'm so proud of you, that just messed me up, I just had to share that, so joy, okay, um, let's, let's keep going, I was going to tell another story, but let's keep going, uh, faith, let's go to John 6 real quick, one of the characteristics of being a child of God is faith, that we actually get to live a life of faith. And some of you are like, I don't want to live a life of faith, I just want everything all the time, and I have to believe for anything. But really, that's not fun, and that's not really what you want. You think you want it, but that's not really what you want, because it's, it, it's not as adventurous. And inside of you, you're like, I want an adventure, and Jesus knows that. So he just pulls out your little comfort zone and puts you in a scary place. And then you go into your weeping place. And then he delivers you. And then you go into your happy place. And you're like, oh, God, you got it taken care of. So it's like a full circle. He's such a good leader in that way. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. OK, feeding the 5,000. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of, to say it again, 
Tiberius, Tiberius. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Philip, where shall we buy bread? Where should we get food? And then, but he said this to test him. So some of you are reading that and you're like, gosh, Jesus is mean. Like he just put Philip on the spot. Jesus was playing with Philip. He was like, Philip, where are we going to get food to feed all these people? Have you been paying attention? And, he, and Jesus is just excited. He's like, he knows what's going to happen. He just sees 5,000 people. He's about to feed them plus get extras. And he's about to blow away his son, Philip. So he's just playing with Philip. He's not being mean. Okay, so Philip said, Philip, of course, he goes to his wallet. He's like, dang it, all I got is 200 denarii. I don't even know what that is, how much that is. Two bucks, I don't know. You scholars, don't be, get mad at me. But he's like, dang, I only got enough to do one in and out burger, a large fry, whatever. It's not enough. And so let's go to verse 9. There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but where are they among so many? So I'm going to summarize the next thing. So again, all these 5,000 get fed from this, the lad is a, like for a little boy, right? So who's the little boy? Benji. Benji comes up with his, Benji is a son of the house. He's in the little tots room. He comes up and he's like, I have two fish, five barlows. Here you go, Jesus. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Ashley yesterday and I go, you know what? People in that crowd, they all had, they, some of them all had food. That lad wasn't the only one with food. But the other people were like, this is all I have for that day. So I'm going to hold it and because I don't know if Jesus is really who he says it is. But the child who was like, eh, I believe him. I'm going to give him all that I have, five loaves, two fish. And because he trusted the father, he got to partake in the multiplication of the kingdom. And actually giving is a characteristic of being a son of God. And actually giving attracts heaven, which then multiplies. If you're in a tight spot, it's not just money. Like money, we give money. But like, what about your time? What, what about giving someone brownies, your last mix of brownies? You know what I'm saying? Let's get uncomfortable, people. <laughs> But seriously, seriously, like in that place where you think, Chuck and I, oh my gosh, we only have one spaghetti squash. We've been eating spaghetti squash lately. One spaghetti squash. Actually, that thing will like feed, that, that one spaghetti squash will feed 5,000. <laughs> 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 but we only, we, we think, oh, all I have, oh, I remember one time, Chuck, I was like, we have no food for the morning. He's like, are you hungry now? I'm like, no, but we have no food for the morning. He's like, we'll be fine. And I forgot what happened, but like literally the next day, someone, we got food from someone else. <laughs> I spent the whole night freaking out. And my husband's like sleeping in the boat. He's like, <laughs> we're going to have food tomorrow. And we did. So faith, faith, we get to live in faith. So let, I challenge you, even in November and December, give, give more. And actually, you'll get more. You'll get more, I promise. You'll, you'll get 5,000 worth. And what happened after they fed 5,000? 
in. There was leftovers. <laughs> leftovers. And see, you don't have to eat. Like, people are like, I got to eat my whole plate. And the, oh, Jesus is so breaking off the poverty mentality on me in the name of Jesus. And he's doing it right now, and everyone right now. And, you, like, you can sit down and enjoy a good meal. You don't have to finish the whole plate, you know. It's okay. Like, you could just eat what's, what's enough for you because there'll be enough for the next day. And, and, and he'll feed Africa. He'll do it. He'll do everything. Like people are like, oh, that, that could feed Africa. Jesus got Africa. <laughs> Y'all need to relax. <laughs> Woo. It's that fire. Oh, my heart. Oh, my gosh. I was at home, and I was like, I feel the southern anointing coming on, you know? <laughs> so maybe I should start talking like this. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm really hot. Like, I'm not trying to be vain. Uh, okay. For one of the fourth characteristics of being a child of God, unity. Woo. I'm so excited about this one. <laughs> Let's go to friend <laughs> Let's go to First Corinthians twelve twelve. <laughs> See y'all are getting delivered while you're laughing. That's what happens to me all the time. <laughs> right, Catherine. Right. <laughs> I'm going to kind of su summarize what's going on in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. Thank you. He's talking about uh, diversity in the body. And lately, I've just been uh, feeling uh, like it's time to step up. You know, it's time to be a part of the family. And something that happens when we come from like an orphan mentality is like, we saw a thing, well, no one's noticing me. No one's noticing my talent. So why should I offer it? You know? Or um, why haven't they asked me to, to be a part of this? You need to just go and ask them. It's, it's, it's tough. I know. I've been there. I've been through um, <laughs> horrible experiences where I had to leave churches because we disagreed. When are we going to figure out that we're going to disagree as a family of God? But when are we going to choose love over disagreement? When are we going to say, you know what? At the end of the day, I still love you, and I'm still going to serve you, and I'm still going to honor you. Not because I necessarily agree with you, but because you're a child of God, I'm a child of God, we're in the same family, and I'm sticking to you till the end. That's the kind of love that God is asking for. And that's the kind of love he has given us. Do you know he made a covenant with Israel? And that Israel has said, I don't want to be with you. And do you think that Jesus is like, ah, fine, you want to be with me? I want to be with you. <laughs> for real. 
that's what we're doing. But it's okay because the Holy Spirit's maturing us and he's loving us. And um, it's scary. It's scary to, to commit sometime. It's scary to be like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay no matter what. It's a vulnerable place. Because in that place, you're saying, you, can, you have the option to hurt me. There, there, there's, that, there's that hurt. But what did Jesus do? He took the cross. He said, I know you're going to hurt me. I, I know you're going to whip me. I know you're going to spit on me. I know that you're going to betray me. I know that you're going to use me. And Peter, I know that you're going to deny me. But I'm choosing to stay in this family. I'm not going to betray you. And so I hope you hear the heart of the Father saying, hey, come into the family. And when people up here say, oh, get into volunteer project, they're not just saying, go be a Martha and, and don't get in Jesus' feet. They're saying, come and be a part of the family. Because actually, when you serve, your heart grows. And if you go and serve and you find yourself, you're, you are falling into this service, overworking, performance, whatever, don't you think the Holy Spirit's big enough to take care of that? Yes. Who are we trusting? Are we trusting uh, that man or are we trusting God? Why are we waiting to step up to the plate? Oh, I'm going to wait until my leader is 100% perfect, and then I might give him my talent. That's not a family. That's not a family. That's not glorifying God. That's not. We say, oh, I'm in love with Jesus. I'll come and worship, but we won't grab arms with our brothers. We won't get messy. So unity. Unity comes at a cost, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. I'm just going to pray right now. If you've ever experienced hurt from a church, just right now, just let it go. Just let it go and say, you know what, Jesus? You make all things beautiful. You make all things beautiful. Because here's what's going to happen, and I see it, and I've seen it in the people closest to me, is that they'll get hurt by a church, and then they go over here, and they isolate themselves, because that's finally the safest place that they found, is, is where no one's around them. And you know what happens to that person? They die. Because they're not connected to the body. And the body is the body of Christ, and that's the life source. That's where the blood is. So if your limb is cut off over here without the blood, it dies. And I see the people closest to me get hurt by the church and hold it there. And, you know, and dang it, they hurt me. And I know, I know that there's been real abuse out there. I know. I worked with a girl that got raped by her worship leader. But she's one of the most joyful people I know because she said, you know what, I'm going to forgive. And the thing is, if we don't forgive, we're going to be the ones paying for it. We're going to be the ones dying. 
So God, I just release a grace, a grace to forgive, to forgive those leaders that betrayed us and then to, to leave it there, to step forward and just go on and, and love past the hurt and let the love heal you. Well, I'm not done quite yet. Almost. <laughs> Let me, I, my computer just closed. Dang it. <laughs> Paper, exactly. All right. So one more thing that the Holy Spirit whispered. Let's all go to 1 Corinthians 13. And then I'll wrap up. First Corinthians 13, I, uh, the Lord just said, blessing, he said, remind them to be kind. And one of the verses that first came up to me was, their, their, their love will grow cold. Because everything starts shaking, everything is getting hard, our circumstances are hard. And it's so easy to just be like recluse and just self-protect and get mad. And, and, and no longer do we want to be kind. <laughs> no longer, how many people do you see if you walk down the street? Do you, how many people smile? If you smile at them, how many people smile back at you? I was walking to Walmart today, and it's just sad. <laughs> I was walking to Walmart today and like people come out the bus and they are dying. And I smile at them, and they have no life in them. No kindness. But good news, good news. The children, the family, we're going to shine, and we're going to show the Father. I just spit. <laughs> <laughs> we get to show the Father. We get to show the Father. The reason why I wanted to honor the parents is because how, how we honor our parents, how we honor God, is by shining, is by being awesome. If you didn't hear my first sermon, it was awesome. It was called Be Awesome. Just check it out on the website. <laughs> but how we honor our parents is not being like, oh, I'm not very good. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine over here, under the bush, under the little tent. <laughs> it's by like shining and being the best, awesome person that you are. When I, I remember one time, it was my birthday, and I was at the Target uh, checkout line. Here I was again, chewing my carrot. <laughs> I was in the Target checkout line, and I was with my mom, and the Lord told me that the, um, the checkout guy went to school for finance, and he was like in his 60s, so it, I don't know why the Lord was telling me about his school, his college years in finance. And again, I was like a little new to this, like word of knowledge thing, but I was like, I don't know why I thought that, so that had to be the Holy Spirit. So my mom was there, and I, got, I told him, I go, did you go to college for finance? He's like, yeah. And his face, and the funny thing is, I asked the Lord, I said, because he looked sad, he was like, and I was like, Lord, give me something to make this guy happy. And he told me he went to finance. But anyways, so I told him that, and we left, and he didn't 
change his expression. But uh, the cool thing was, the coolest thing was, when my mom got to see me, you know? And I felt proud. I was like, you just got to see me in my gifting. And it was cool because it was like, as if like I used to play volleyball. And um, I love it when I had a great game and my parents were there. They got to see me shine. And that's how I glorify my parents. So we glorify the Father when we shine. When Yaku goes up there and goes crazy on his violin, if he just played like, this little light of mine, that would not be glorifying the Father. But when he's up there, he's like, for the Holy Spirit. That is when he is, is showing, that's when he's glorifying the Father. That's when he's glorifying the Father. So let's, let's, let's be children of God and let's honor our, our, our Father by shining.